get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual Double XP, and even Call of Duty Points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty Points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23. Right now, we're going out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to talk to the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, here on 101 ESPN. You'll hear the Blues versus the Sabres tonight. Pre-game coverage with Alex and Joey beginning at 5 o'clock. Curbs on the call starting at 6. Curbs, I want to start by uh, bringing you on on the conversation we were just having about Jordan Bennington. So far in this six-game winning streak that he is on personally, he's got a 940 save percentage. In those six games, he's allowed just seven goals at even strength. It's one of the best six-game stretches that he's had so far in his NHL career. What have you seen, Curbs, that has been different to you in this version of Jordan Bennington? Uh, nothing. Absolutely nothing. I think Jordan Bennington has had a fantastic season. If there's any one, like, like if there's any one player on this team where I think he's been as consistently good from the start of, from the moment training camp opened to now, it's Jordan Bennington. What changed but from his, last year then? I'll, I'll rephrase the oh, question for you, you from, I thought you meant from earlier this year. Um, sorry, then. I misunderstood you. Uh, what, what changed from last year is, uh, well, gee, I don't know. He found himself. I, I, I think he lost some confidence there a little bit. That, that, that was definitely part of it. I think when a goaltender, and, and hell, I, I probably shouldn't even be the one. You know, Mike McKenna will attest to this one more than I will. But, you know, like, like goaltenders, if – you, know, you lose confidence. Maybe the team play in front of you isn't really good, so you're trying to make up more. Maybe you're trying to get to the post quicker. Maybe you're stretching a little bit more, and when you do that, some holes open up, and then the confidence starts to go. And then things, think, I think things can snowball on a goaltender probably quicker uh, mechanically than maybe any other position in the game of hockey. And and I think Jordan, from an attitude standpoint, and, and Brandon, remember a lot of last year when I, I kept telling everybody, I kept saying that, Look, I think Jordan Bennington is still going to be a player for this team come the playoffs, and I think he's going to be impactful. And that's just because he's got that attitude. So mm-hmm. I think he, I think he found his game. It, you know, come that the, the latter part of the year and going into the playoffs, and then he he had a terrific off season with it. And I literally I just talked to him about 15 minutes ago, you know, about a couple of things, and he, he just talked about how where he's at in his career stuff. He understands his body more. He understands what it takes, and like. There's a calm and even a confidence to him now that I'm sensing that I didn't even sense when, when he was going on the cup run of the year after that. Like, the, you're still seeing the maturing of an NHL player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it happens over time, Curbs. I mean, you don't sell yourself short here. You've been around the game so long. You can really read 
what comes through with a player on and off the ice. And I think your analysis of Binner is just spot on. He kept doing his thing. How many shots went in off of defensemen? How many backdoor tips? He managed to keep his confidence, I think, in terms of his his structural ability, you know, his mechanics. Like, there wasn't a differentiation in what he was doing this season that I've seen. He just stuck with it. And now he's getting a little bit of help from that team in front of him. And at Curbs, I think a huge part of this, and I, I, you're gonna, I'm going to find out from you if you think it's the same way, but – we're always looking for motivation when we play, and I can't help but think that that mother's trip was an absolute catalyst for this club because they played so well. I mean, I think Ryan O'Reilly's mom should be in the building every night. <laughs> Curbs, if you can make that happen, please try to make try to get that to go. But did you feel that while you're traveling with the team that there was that greater sense of, hey, our moms are here, let's have some fun, let's play loose, and then the results sort of followed it on the ice? Yeah, I, I think the turn actually happened before that, and it might have been the motivation of uh, if if we continue to struggle this way, that mom's trip might get canceled. Ooh, you know, oh, that'd like, be brutal. Like, I, you could you imagine that? Oh. Some some of the moms getting to trip for the first time and having to call them and say, "Uh, we're not doing this right now," like that. So I, I don't, and I'm not saying that that was on the table. I'm, I'm just saying that in the back of your head, you have to wonder. But I, I look. This team was too good of a team to have as many guys playing as poorly as it was looking like they were playing during that losing streak. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. And and the, the two plays that, to me, capsulize it more than anything were in Philadelphia, where I don't think the Blues played all that bad of a team game, and I think you started to see their team game come around. But there were two plays. Justin Falk is skating the puck out of the zone. He tries to pass the puck to Vladimir Tarasenko six feet ahead of him, and he missed him by three feet. And you're going, okay, that looked weird. That's the kind of play that when you're looking, you're going, is something wrong with him? Is he hurt, right? That kind of mm-hmm. thing. Then, and I don't remember at this point if it was on the same shift or if it was uh, just right after. But Nick Letty's behind the net. He's standing there with the puck. He's waiting, and, and, and no forwards are coming back on the back check or um, to, to give him an outlet. Somebody swoops in from the Philadelphia Flyers, takes the puck right off of his stick, right? And and it, like a hawk picking off a mouse, really. And you're looking at this going, what in the world was that? Like, he didn't even move when the pressure came in. And you're like, something's just kind of off. And you just knew that whether whether it was motivation of moms eventually, whether whatever the situation might have been, you knew that it was just not normal to have that many good players playing that poorly that long. And so it was, I think, a heck of a job by this coaching staff to kind of not let things get too tense, not let things get too overbearing, and then find ways to turn it around. And they have. And now now another good test here tonight. But th- this one, um, really a fascinating up-and-down swing uh, for this hockey team and how they've gotten to where they're at. Chris Kerber is our guest here on 101 ESPN Curves. One of the changes that they made last night is with Ryan O'Reilly, or yesterday is with Ryan O'Reilly, and that line is now going to include Vladimir Tarasenko and Brandon Saad. I liked what we had seen from Josh Levo with O'Reilly and Saad. It's an interesting timing to do this because they are in the midst of this winning streak. What do you think of the decision to put Tarasenko with O'Reilly, and what are you expecting from that line? Well, you look at it from a couple of fronts. Uh, first off, you look at it from what's currently going on. I, I think that the last couple of games with, with Thomas and Butchnevich with Jordan Cairo has looked really good. So maybe you don't want to mess with that one. And you combine it, and, and it's not just as simple as, say, throw one guy back up on that line, because you combine it 
with the fact that Vladimir Tarasenko had gone seven games without a goal on the line with Thomas and Butchnevich, okay, and that line was just playing okay. So those two things say, okay, where do you put them? Well, you really like the way things have gone with Achari and Shen, you know, on, on that on that third line, working there with Ivan Barbashev. So it makes sense to go ahead and put Vladimir Tarasenko with a skilled centerman like Ryan O'Reilly. Now, Josh Lebo has played well. I think he may be out tonight as a result of some of these line changes. And uh, But at the same time, you know, we've given up a decent number of scoring chances to the Anaheim Ducks in the last game. So I think this is, again, still trying to figure out what are the best combos and what your best options are. I'm just not sure that you really had any other place to put Vladimir Tarasenko on the right wing except for with Ryan O'Reilly when you look at how those other few lines have gone. Because you're not putting him on the fourth line. No. So no. It, it really yeah, kind of It would be that third line. That it would be spot. with Shin, right? Like yeah. you, you drop Achari down to the fourth line. You have him center that group with uh, Torpchenko and Alexandrov probably. And then you leave uh, Levo up there with O'Reilly. Yeah. That that would be probably the point, way to do it. Yeah. Right. But to your point, you're coming off a game where Achari had two goals, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, th- that's one of those where it's kind of processed by elimination. What I think you're going to see tonight is I think you're going to see that line start the way. I think, I think you're going to see Ryan O'Reilly with Vladimir Tarasenko. And if, um, uh, and, and so based on that, and then, and then Brandon Sod on the left. Now, um, sickness is going through the team. So there could be another lineup uh, change or two. So Matt Walker, or, or, I always do that to poor Nathan. It's not Matt Walker who's a big, you know, we called him big country before Matt Adams was big country, right, or big city, right? So uh, no, Nathan Walker, Nathan Walker, you know, could end up drawing in because sickness. Now, if that's the case, you're looking at a scenario where I think Craig Berube wouldn't mind checking out whether it be Alexi Torovchenko moving up the lineup a little bit. We're really seeing if uh, maybe Nikita Alexandrov has an opportunity uh, to move up. So I'm not so sure that you're looking at a situation where you're going to see that line set throughout the whole game, and you might see some fluctuation there. Yeah, and I think that uh, Berube's done a really good job of mixing and matching when necessary. He's never been never. afraid to, to change the lines around for this club. And, you know, really when Buchnevich and Saad were out, you, you could just see that the team didn't have – the three to four line deep forward crew and in sync curbs. And that's for me, the biggest difference, you know, you look at how Bushnevich has stabilized that line and given Thomas and Cairo a little bit of space and, and Ryan O'Reilly, just the way his game has taken off in the last several, it's always been my litmus test for the blues is if a simple stat curbs that people look at and they, they pan it and the analytics crowd is plus minus. But if you look at Ryan O'Reilly, when he's plus the blues win, and lately, the confidence that he's seen, I just think about the other night, that backhand shot that he put underneath the bar, uh, working with Levo right on the goal line. Like You don't make that play unless you're confident. And it matters for this club. And I think, you know, looking at tonight's game, hey, Curbs, we got to look towards the D as well. It looks like Robert Bortuzzo is going to probably draw back into the lineup here. Uh, but is there a lot of concern here with Krug? It looks like he might be considered day-to-day. Can, is there any update on that from what you saw in the morning skate here and what may happen with the defensive actually tonight on the defense i, I think we're going to see both krug and pareko ready to go good and back in i don't anticipate robert bortuzzo coming into the lineup today and that could like i said there's a sickness going through the team that this, a lot of this could change um but i would expect especially with the way rose and amikola have looked those last couple of games i'd expect them to stay the same so i look for gotcha. the defense to, to, to kind of stay to that point now but back to the O'Reilly thing for it. Listen, guys, when it comes playoff time, that that's the one guy I'm I'm banking on. Absolutely banking on. Uh, he's clutch. Okay, but you have to look at the transition to where this team is right now. And one of the things that this team is doing 
you know, is Robert Thomas is getting more looks. Robert Thomas is getting more key matchups. Robert Thomas is getting more key faceoffs. And the only way you can be better is you have to put him in that situation. And with Ryan O'Reilly, an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, and we don't know how that's going to play out, I think if you're Doug Armstrong and his team, you want to know just exactly how Robert Thomas is trending in those situations too. So there's so much more than just one game to – like the coaches are focused on one game to the next. The coach, and that's their livelihood and, and the success is there. But there's so much more organizationally to how this all kind of shakes out and, and how it looks. And you're right. When, when you had Butch Navich and when you had Sod out, your depth was severely hurt. I mean, one of the reasons the Buffalo Sabres lost eight games in a row was because of injuries, and they don't have the depth to overcome that. They get a couple guys back last night defensively against Montreal, and boom, they're rolling again with a big win from the road. So, you know, it, this is all part of a, a bigger organizational journey, plus the individual things from one game to the next. That said, push comes to shove, guys. I'm hanging my hat with number 90 mm-hmm. every single day of the week. It's proven, it's good, and he's just that strong of a competitor and just hasn't, like, that's, that's the guy that I'm having lead us right into the battle. Curbs, appreciate the time as always. Enjoy yourself up there in Buffalo. Have yourself a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk with you again next week, my friend. You got it. Brandon, I got one quick fun nugget. This is right Uh-oh. up your alley. You're going to love. All right? What do you got? Tonight the, Buffaloes, tonight the Buffalo Sabres are going to have five of their own top ten draft picks in the lineup from each of the last five drafts. Okay, well, not, not the 22, right? So from 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21, they're going to have a top ten pick of their own in the lineup. The Blues have had five top ten picks since 1988. Jeez. <laughs> when was the, the last one, Curbs? Was it Petro? Uh, the last one was Petro. In, in the year before that, they didn't actually take the top ten pick. They had the ninth pick. They traded it to San Jose. San Jose took Logan Couture. The Blues took Lars Eller with the San Jose's pick at 13. So they've actually only picked four times but have had five actual top ten picks here in the last uh, That's crazy. In the last, what, 30-something years. And yet look at where the Blues are and that's, look at where the Sabres that's have what been. what it's like to be a good team. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Good. Sorry, not to extend this, but one more real quick nugget for you then. So the Buffalo Sabres are right now our seventh in their division, right? They've missed the playoffs 11 years in a row. The Blues have missed the playoffs nine times in franchise history. My God. <laughs> My friends in Buffalo are hurting. <laughs> at least they got Tate Thompson. That seems to be going better. That's the that's, that's a good future well start. Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Curbs, appreciate the time, man. Have a th- happy Thanksgiving. Okay, happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Uh, thanks. We'll talk to you next week. You got it. That's Chris Kerber, voice yep. of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. You'll hear him on your home for the Blues, 101 ESPN, coming up at 6 o'clock for Blues versus the Sabres. Pre-game for that one starting at 5 o'clock. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.